Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. Today, I'm here with Keila, who is my sister, Keila Craft Space Ambrose. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know, she has two last names, so it's Craft Space Ambrose. Yes, it is. It's a long name. I know. I always always give Keila a hard time about it. But anyway, uh, this this week we wanted to share a little bit about um, our generation because me and Keila both happen to be uh, scary millennials, <laughs> and uh, and uh, millennial millennial to me is is kind of like a curse word I think in that's in, how I in feel in like the modern world, and I'm not sure that I like it that much. I don't I don't like being called a millennial probably because of all the negative associations that are that come with it. Like you know, there's a lot about People being entitled, having an yeah. entitled mentality, people living with parents, you know, man child, and they're so immature and all this different kind of stuff. But we want to talk about the positive aspects and the fact that, you know, Keela, me and Keela were talking a little bit before this, and um, and we were talking through some of these statistics because millennials, believe it or not, our generation are maturing. Like we're becoming the 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 cultural kind of where where culture's at in especially the United States of America. We're and becoming some of the leaders. We are be, we are becoming some <laughs> of the leaders and I think it's important that um, we reduce our disdain for what we feel like a millennial is identified as and talk about how we can most effectively work with this generation because there's a lot of great things. You know, there's a lot of great things about our generation and Maybe we're just saying that because we happen to be in it, but um, but you were saying you were saying just a second ago about how a a quarter of or what what were you saying a quarter of yeah so the millennials make up one fourth of the U.S. population so the, right now there's 77 million of us in the U.S. yeah and so that's a that's a pretty large number and I think you know whether it's in business ministry wherever you find yourself today if you really do want to have influence and if you really do want to reach different demographics. You have to understand them and you have to care about what really reaches them and where they're going to be coming from. Because I think every single generation, you know, they develop in a certain way based on what was happening in the world, um, you know, what the structure of maybe like the U.S. family looked like at that time. And I think, you know, with millennials, we were really the first generation that was immersed in technology and that was immersed in a forward moving at your fingertips type of world. And so it's very different for baby boomers or maybe even, you know, the Gen X of the generations because that's not how they were raised. And so it can it can seem like I don't know, it can seem frustrating I think to the older generations and I think for me there's different frustrations I have with the generation I'm in, but instead of just being frustrated, I think understanding how to reach them and how to influence them and how to, you know, really interact with them is very important for the future of not just America, but the world, especially if you want to be an influential business owner or leader in the world, you've got to be able to influence those types of people. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, for me, I think that the the great thing about our, our generation is that we do care a lot. And I mm-hmm. think that there's a, there's a, one, one of the things for me is there's this prioritization, which I think is healthy in my opinion. There's a prioritization of work-life balance 
and um, and people want to be balanced in our generation because there's been a lot of people that have seen it not be so balanced, like with our parents. And we want to be we want to be good parents, and we want to raise our we want to raise our kids kids right. But I think the most important thing is that you know it's so easy to put people into boxes, and you take a whole you take millions of people, and you try to uh, give them a, a different kind of characteristics based on values and these different kind of things. And, uh, I'm not sure that's always a working strategy <laughs> to mm-hmm. try to, to try to, you know, go, okay, all the people that are basically between the ages of, you know, 23 and 40, those people are this, and this is what they care about. And this is what they value. And this is what they want. Cause there's like, you're saying, there's so many influences that are on our, that are that are just prevalent in our world. Well, we connect differently. That's the thing. Like, you know, back in the day, you know, back in the day, with, like baby boomers and stuff. Nineteen eighty-four. They're they're really <laughs> connecting with organizations and individuals personally. And you know, five out of six millennials connect with companies and brands through social media. And the millennials are actually known as the probably the most connected generation ever. But it's not just that we're connected. You know, I think that something that's really important is. We actually care where money's going. We care what businesses are doing. We care about transparency. We care about authenticity. Sometimes our generation um, thinks that authenticity is one thing, but what we know, I guess from a biblical perspective, is authenticity doesn't necessarily look like how our generation always thinks, mm-hmm. um, like either you know ripping apart like what's actually happening with money and businesses or what are the, what are the leaders doing? You know, some of the things that our generation is focused on. But I think it's interesting because 75% of our generation as millennials think that it's important to support and work with companies that give back instead of just making a profit. So they're more likely to work with non-for-profits even or companies that have some kind of social justice aspect. And I would say that's so true for our generation. I remember when Tom's that organization first came out, that was like such a big deal because they were really the first large organization that was giving back to people. And Toms are not like cool shoes. Like (laughs) I look back and I go, those shoes aren't awesome, but so many of our generation, whenever we were in high school and college, were wearing them because of what they represented. And they became cool because of what they were doing. And I think a lot of times, you know, as business owners or as leaders, we can miss out because we don't know the motivation behind that generation or behind that people group Mm -hmm. or behind, you know, what, how someone grew up. And I think it's important to understand it's not just about doing something, but realizing why do we care about that? You know, why, why is it that five out of every six millennial connects with companies through social media? Because that's really, it's truthfully where we get our news, where we get the most updated yeah. information. Like for me, okay, if I'm going to know if a brand or a company is real, I'm going to go to their social media page and I'm going to see their following. I'm going to see their interaction. I'm going to see if they're legitimate. And I think for me, it doesn't necessarily mean that social media is accurate all the time, but it's an interesting thought process because that is really how we process things. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great, so like the first thing that, that we want, it's really what everyone wants, but the first thing that we want is we want authenticity. There's a difference between transparency and authenticity. Transparency means, hey, you know everything about me and everything about me is out there to be seen. And that's not what what people are looking for. That's what they think that they want. But what people want is authenticity. You know, I love what, what, you know, we're talking about social media. I love what Stephen Furtick said about social media, that we judge our behind the scenes by everybody else's highlight reel. 
And, and I think increasingly people, whether it's under 30s or whatever, under 40s, all that, people are attracted to uh, the authentic, not the, hey, like I got this new app that I can filter all my pictures and, you know, I can do all this different stuff and I can make myself seem this way and I can have my own personal brand and I can do this and that. It's just who's the real you and communicate and come across like you're the real you. And so what 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 we need at more than ever, because we haven't had it like we grew up like for me, in my mind, I grew up in a world in the church world where people are not authentic. Like like I've, I've been in the green rooms, I've been in the different environments where I've, I've heard people go out and they go on stage and they, they talk about love, but then, you know, back behind the back, they're they're kind of a judgmental person. Or they talk about generosity and they're not living. And they're it. not they're not generous. And so so what we need to know and what people need to know is like, is this real? And and my encouragement to you, if you're a leader, if you're a business leader or a teacher or a coach or any kind of professional where you're mentoring people, is is speak from a lesson that you've learned and that you're living out. Because it does not help anybody for us to have a bunch of theory that doesn't work in our own life. It's like Do as I say, not as yeah, I do. <laughs> that just doesn't work. And it's increasingly not going to work for, for people because people know more. Like when I was, uh, uh, I was, I was watching this, this recent documentary and, um, and in the 70s, you know, people could, they didn't have fax machines. They didn't have teletype machines. You know, you could get away with like you could move across the country and no one would know who you were. They couldn't look you up on some database. Google you. Yeah, they couldn't Google <laughs> you. Well, now it's like if I tell a lie about myself. So if I go say, hey, you know, I had a four year scholarship to go play football somewhere and someone could just go look me up online and go, uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> like you went to Oral Roberts University. They don't have a football team. you know. <laughs> and so so what we're looking for is for people to just be the real them. And, um, and I think that's the first thing. The second thing to me um, is that we're looking for purpose and meaning in what we do. And I think that that's been misinterpreted as entitlement. That's been misinterpreted as not waiting your turn. Like there's all this conversation, right, about how, how you know, all these millennials, like they're just trying to get on a stage and they're just trying to have a platform and they're just trying to do all this kind of stuff and they just need to pay their dues and they just need to wait their turn and all that. And and I understand the merit behind that, right? Because uh, you know You do have to pay a price you on do a have level. To pay and... a price, but but baby boomers in the generation before, it's like the whole the whole philosophy that's completely radically changed is go to college, get a job, work the same job for thirty years, forty years, get your retirement and then and then be done and Way to go, you. The world just doesn't work that yeah, way the, and anymore. And the world, like, Reed Hoffman, who's the founder of LinkedIn, he has a podcast called Masters of Scale. And on his podcast, he talks about how increasingly people are doing what's called tours of duties, at, at, tours of duty at companies. And so they'll go and they'll they'll want to increase their knowledge in a certain regard. So they'll say, I want to, you know, I want to I want to be involved in a marketing environment. So they'll go work for a marketing company for a year or two. And then they'll say, well, I want to do sales. I want to learn about sales. And they'll go do sales. And so people are more, uh, our generation is, I'm even avoiding using the word millennial. Like, I don't even like saying it. I don't think any millennial <laughs> likes the word millennial. Yeah, that's the first thing. That's really like the first thing that you got to know if you deal with people that are under 40 is that no one that I've ever met likes being referred to as a millennial. But anyway, back to, back to what I was saying. 
Um, that that people like we are concerned with upskilling. Like I need someone that's going to help me grow. I want to go to environments where I'm going to learn a new skill set. I'm going to learn new this. I'm going to learn new that because I have my own purpose and I have my own destiny that's being played out. And I think what we have to do is we have to be okay with that. Like we have to be okay with the fact that on a level people have their own personal purpose that they're pursuing and our focus right in the midst of the first thing with which is authenticity our focus in the midst of our own authenticity should be to help someone discover who they are because we teach it and we talk about it and i think all of us that are that are listening and probably at some point have had a discussion with someone about the power of who they are as an individual that you have a fingerprint that only you have that no one else has to leave an imprint that nobody else can leave well what we need to have then in this generation is someone that empowers us and equips us to utilize our fingerprint in the world and doesn't try to fit us into a, you know, shoehorn us into some kind of cause some kind of situation. We need to have the freedom and the ability to discover that and and walk in that and have people around us I think that coach us and support us. But I think a lot of a lot of us, you know, you need to have that confidence that people do have your best interest in mind. You yeah. know? And the last thing I want is for someone who's critical of me to then speak into my life. <laughs> yeah. And to say, hey, you're this way, you're that way. Well, let me help you. Well, I think, like, you know, we're we're at the age, I'm 30, you're 30, almost 30, two. 30, well, almost 30. I was, like, six months away. Well, it's almost. 31, yeah, right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, you know, as we're seeing the next generation behind us come up, it's still confusing. Like, they're not like us, so they're not like millennials. There's a lot of things that even personally I don't connect with, but the thought process that I've taken is I'm going to learn about how to speak to them. I'm going to learn about what resonates with them. I'm going to learn about how they're wired and why they're wired that way because I really do want to help them. And I'm not saying it's not frustrating. I am. I run an internship college at Elevate Life Church, and I'm dealing with all people now that are in a new generation. And it's very different because I've had to change my leadership style somewhat. I've had to change how I talk to them, how I teach them, because they just process things differently um, and they see the world differently. And if I'm going to have influence with them, not only do I need to be real, but I need to be able to care enough about them and them know they're cared for so that they will hear what I'm saying. And I think, you know, for me, too, one of the things that I've grown up, you know, before I was in the adult range or whatever, I just remember hearing so much about, you know, the whole trophy. Everyone gets a trophy or all these different graduations, participation medals, stuff like that. And I understand the heart of what those came out of. But that doesn't mean that that's how every single millennial is. That doesn't mean that that's how every single millennial thinks. And it doesn't even mean that that's what we agree with. Like, we're not the ones that set up the participation awards. We were the kids getting them. So, like, you know, it wasn't even our thought process that set that stuff in place. But I think the main thing is if we can drop the stigma or drop the thought process that it's a negative thing and instead look for the connection points, that's where you're really going to make an influence and then where you're going to make an impact. You know, I think if you are a business owner, you want to make an impact in your business, but you only have who you have to work with. And, you know, the truth is right now, 87% of millennial workers in the last five years have management roles. Only 38% of Gen X and 19% of baby boomers are in a management role. So right now we are the ones in the management roles. We're the ones leading and helping to lead organizations at this point. And I think that if you really want to keep your corporation, if you want to keep your 
um, your beliefs and your standards, you have to be able to reach out to those leaders because if you don't have a strong structure that they can connect to, they're going to maybe take it in a different direction than what you want to go. And I think, you know, for me, one of the things I see a lot, whether it is on social media or in person with my generation, is that they're hungry to make an influence. They're hungry to do something great and they want to be something great. And maybe they're not at the level where they should be to even have a voice. But I think just the fact that they want to have a voice is an important thing. You know, I think it's funny because one of the things me and my husband talk about is every millennial, literally, <laughs> in their bio or in their conversation, they say they're an entrepreneur or they say, you know, that they are somebody that's doing something great. You know, author, speaker, writer, teacher. You know, they always have these, like, status things that they put in their bio or how they talk about themselves. And I was looking into the statistics of this and, you know, majority of, of millennials that say they're an entrepreneur, it's because of their mindset, not necessarily because they have a business. But the interesting thing is that 54% of millennials either want to start a business or already have. So to me, I just think, hey, don't you have to have the thought process before you're actually acting it out? Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a negative thing that people have adopted those thought processes or even talk about themselves that way. The hope is that they catch up to the thought process and they, they put in the work to the thought process. But the fact that they're putting it out there is actually a positive thing because, you know, our dad even says this all the time, Pastor Keith, he says, you got to say what you hear so you can see what you say. Well, our generation, we say who we are, we say what we believe, and therefore, hopefully, our life will one day line up with yeah. that. And our belief will line up with our action eventually, which we're still, I think our generation, you know, some of us that are in the older ranges, we have the proof, maybe some, like somewhat now in our life, but maybe the younger parts of the millennials don't yet. But I think it's positive, and I like to look at the positive of at least we're speaking it, at least we're believing it about ourselves because we want to be great and we want to make a difference. Yeah, and if you want to speak to that, like if someone wants to have the ability to speak to that and help somebody shape that, you have to validate it. Like you have to validate that in somebody. And I think there's a lot of people that tend to sit back and point the finger and, you know, and go, well, that's not going to work out how you think. And why don't you just go try it and just go. And, and what, what we need, and one of the things I think um, – Another thing I think, and, and that's kind of what you're saying too, the third thing, so the first thing millennials need is they need authenticity. The second thing they need is they need purpose. The third thing to me that I think that they need, based on what you're saying, is they need that purpose to be validated and shaped. And, and in, my, in my perspective and in, in what I've read and what I've seen, we're, we're, we're a generation that's great with coaching. Like we receive coaching well. And we, we want coaching. And we're we, listening to podcasts, reading yeah, books, trying to figure it out. We're listening to stuff. But in order to in order to have someone listen to you, you have to validate who they are. You, right? You can't approach somebody and con and challenge them and confront them and then expect them to to value what you're saying and take it to heart. Like if I, you know, if I as a pastor, because that's what I do, it's one of the things I do. If I, as a pastor, if I want to help someone not sin or have a relationship with Jesus, and I approach them from the perspective of, hey, you're a sinner, your life's a mess, and I make them feel ashamed for who they are, well, we're not going to get anywhere. They don't, they, they, don't, they don't care about anything I have to say. So there's two different things we can create in people. Number one is shame and guilt, and number two is freedom. 
So I can cultivate shame in somebody, and you should be ashamed for how you are, you should be ashamed for who you are, whether that relates to their sin issues or just who they, who they are as a person and what they value, right? Like, like as, a, as a kid, for me, my dad didn't cultivate. Now, I'm not really like an athlete. I mean, I, I, my dad is a, you know, he's a four-year scholarship athlete, played basketball, all this different kind of stuff. I was never into that. He didn't cultivate shame in me for not being like him or not being that way. He cultivated freedom in me for me to be who I am and for him to help me be that. And the people around you, that's what they need from you. They need for you to help them feel free to be who they are. And also, if that's in your heart to want to help them be a better version of themselves, um, they, they, want that, they want that from you as well. Like they, We all need people that are going to say, wow, like that's so great. And that's what you're saying. That's so great that you see yourself as an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur, and I'd love to help you in that. I'd love to help you take that journey. I'd love to navigate that with you and have these discussions and help you along the path. You know, like like for me in my in my um, in our world as as the church, there's a lot of in the church right now, the church world. There's a lot of like celebrity culture, and mm-hmm. and we've kind of developed our own little world of man. I want to be a pla- I want to be on a platform, and I want to be a speaker, and I want to be a communicator. And um, I think in order to help someone understand where they fit, right? Because the church and ministry is so much bigger than platforms and speaking. But in order for, for in order for someone to understand that and begin to take that journey, we have to validate yes that there is a platform, and maybe that's something that's for you. But people also need to be loved and they need to be cared for. And let's talk about how we do that effectively. And um, but it's so easy, right, to not for people to not validate that and go, oh, you know, you got you got 50 followers on Instagram and you're calling yourself an entrepreneur well, or like you work at you work at Chick-fil-A. You yeah. don't you know, you're not well, doing and it, nothing. it can be funny. It can be funny because you're like, OK, you know, but and I, I feel that way sometimes about people even that are in our world that are in our generation. But I think, you know, you have to understand the thought process like like I keep saying back in the day, but like I look at baby boomers and just how they were raised a lot of stuff was apprenticeship and you had to seek out leaders you had to seek this out in our generation i'm going to be real some of us we're seeking it out but it's more virtually like we don't understand i can learn from whoever i want yeah so we don't understand hey i need to learn from you personally sit under your tutelage and like learn from you but here's one of the major problems in our generation right now for real we are the largest like the biggest spending generation ever we don't actually say any of our money we spend more than what we actually have and the baby boomers really saved a lot put back in retirement they've invested and we want to we want to if they don't realize it I want to I want to learn from baby boomers I want to learn from the generations that have gone before me on how to save how to invest how to put back money because everything is so at our fingertips it it takes literally my face scan to buy something I don't even have to do anything, and I have this magic card of money that can just take care of it for me, and I can worry about it later. So our generation is in debt, and while we're making a good amount of money for where we're at, realistically, we're spending more than what we have to look a certain way, and we need leaders. We need people that have gone before us that can help us to learn why it's important to do that. And, you know, we think, okay, well, we hear the theory. We know it, but really our generation— hasn't fully learned to apply it yet. And we need people that will sit down with us or talk to us face to face 
and and care about us enough to help us with what you've done well and mm. and especially financially because like the way that like things look in the world now and buying things and and doing whatever instant gratification type stuff is completely different and we need help we don't have as realistically we don't have as much internal control when it comes to that as other generations because it wasn't as easy yeah. to buy things and purchase things you had to get out of your house you had to go do it in person now everything's a virtual store mm. and the in person stores are going out of business mm. so or the you know whatever the standalone stores so to me, I just think of even like the the store Sears that's been around for like what is it over a hundred years? Over a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. Now they're gone, and you look at that and you go, "That's insane." But why is that? The way that things are happening is changing. So it's it's not that we stop the change, but we can help the change happen better, yeah. and that we can be more wise as the future. And you could care about those future generations and the economy of what the world looks like by helping us understand why it is important and what you've done with your life. Because I don't really see baby boomers as spenders. They're more savers. We're the spenders. Mm. And if someone doesn't step up and get real about what they've done, the prices that they've paid, I don't know what the future looks yeah. like. Yeah, and unfortunately... You know, things aren't always going to be the same. Yeah. And I think that's that's what we have to accept and admit always is just like today we're talking about this current generation. There's a next generation that's going to cause challenges in their own way. I already feel them. Because the world, <laughs> yeah, because the world is a completely different place. We've never lived in this era in history before. And I think it's important to look at the past and take cues from the past. But it's also important to go, okay, like we are in a time where we're having to define some new things and not just carry on the old things. So I think the last thing is that that, that plays into is we need to be included. And, and one of the things in my own personal life and my perspective that my dad has done well with me, and I'm sure it was by design more than by default, and I think he's done it with all of us as his kids, is he's allowed us to be included in the conversation. And, we had an opinion. He yeah, cared. And that goes along with validating. But it really is saying, hey, I, how you think matters, what you've learned matters, who you are matters. You don't have to be 40 years old to be able to to to, you know, have something to say like what what you have to say is doesn't just speak for your generation, but it can actually help further what it is that we're doing. And and that that only makes people more receptive to what you have to teach them. If you're a person that is an inclusive person, and you say, hey, I want you to be a part of the conversation, then that person who you include is going to feel like you value them. And they're going to know because you value them that you can coach them. And, and, that's, and that's what we need. We don't, we don't need uh, none of us, whether whatever generation we happen to be in, none of us need people that are not going to include us based on how they define us. We need people that go, hey, I need your, I need your viewpoint. I need your skill set. I need your contribution. I need you to bring who you are. But but the in, the thing about our generation that's different is I don't need you to always tell me how I need to contribute. So previously, <clears throat> generations or people have said, okay, tell me to contribute and tell me how to contribute. What we need is just tell me to contribute. Just set me free. And I have my own things that I've learned. I have my own giftings. I have my own talents. And yes, on a level for all of us as business leaders, there's a little bit of inherent danger in that because you're, you're just kind of, you know, it can feel like you're, you're, you're driving a car without a steering wheel. And, um, but that's, but that's not, that's not the case. 
You can, you can trust people around you. So, so what the four things are that we need is number one, I need you to be authentic. If I'm talking to you as my leader, I need you to be authentic. Number two, I need you to understand that I have my own unique purpose and unique destiny. Number three, I need you to validate that purpose and I need you to coach me. And number four, I need you to include me in the conversation. And there's a lot more I think that I could say on that, but I think really my encouragement to you today is to dig into those four things and really discover how you can better do those so that you can be effective at doing whatever it is that you do for the people that are your number one consumer right now. And your number one consumer of whatever it is that you do, whether you're a pastor or a business leader or any kind of leader, any kind of speaker, any kind of communicator, whatever it is that you do, your number one audience is this current generation. And, and with millennials, those four things are very high priorities. And I feel like if you do those four things well, um, you'll be able to solve a lot of the problems that maybe you're experiencing or that you will experience in the future. Um, so Keila, any parting thoughts or anything like that? Yeah, you know, right now I'm actually, I'm teaching a creative thinking class and in the internship. And one of the things we talked about is you can't solve new problems with old answers. You can look to the past to learn and to maybe apply some of the knowledge that you have. But as generations move forward and as things move forward, you can't use old answers for what's happening mm. right now. You have to find new solutions and you have to be able to um, really conceptually blend what you know and what's happening now to get the greatest solution. And so I just want to encourage you to know that, first of all, God knows exactly the generation that you needed to influence and he created you the way he created you for a purpose so that you can influence that generation. Um, a couple years ago, I was in this this meeting of these high-level women leaders, and the, the main woman that was leading it said, you know, I never saw the purpose and really pouring into the next generation. I was just focused on doing my thing. And now she's in her 70s, mid to late 70s, and she hasn't had a lot of influence beyond maybe like virtually or from a distance because she hasn't taken, she didn't take the time to mentor. And I just look at I look at you know what we've been taught as far as mentorship through our dad, and I look at what's needed in the world right now, and it's not another loud voice. It's not someone to tell you that you're wrong. It's not someone to even tell you that you're right. It's somebody that will take the time to care enough to mentor, to care enough to give their wisdom, to care enough to apply what they know to the future. And so I just want to encourage you that you do have a voice. You do have so many strengths that millennials need today. Mm -hmm. I think it's just very important to understand that the approach that you were given growing up is not going to work with this generation. So it's very important to understand where we're coming from so that your influence can matter because it does. Um, it's just always important that you're understanding the way you're giving it because you could be saying something really great in the wrong tone and someone could hear it completely wrong or you could say something really great um, in the wrong moment and someone might not be able to receive it so we always need the wisdom of God we need the Holy Spirit to guide us for, but he knows like God knows what this generation needs so if you're unsure the first thing I would just tell you is ask God for help um, that's what I'm doing with the generation that's after me. I'm just going, God, help me to know what they need. You know them. You created them. You know the world that they're going to grow up in in the future. So help me to be the best leader that I can be so that I can contribute not just to now, but to even beyond me in years to come. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. 
Also, check out my blog at KeelaCraftAmbrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at KeelaCraftAmbrose. Ambrose.